0: Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at the Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. I feel like. Though. Okay, so we know the Houston Rockets brought in a lot of new additions to the team by adding Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jock Landell, Jeff Green. Um, but there is still one glaring, glaring issue right now with the Houston Rockets. And as you all know, if you're an astute basketball mind, you already know what it is. It is definitely shooting. This team is not set to be a good shooting team. And that can be problematic for the Houston Rockets going into this season because the NBA really does punish bad shooting. But all is not lost. We're going to look at what the stats say about shooting and um, what the Rockets can do to mitigate some of their shooting woes. Um, Obviously, we already know, like, with Kevin Porter out, that's going to be a huge, huge hit um, to their shooting percentage as a team. Um, But I think there's some ways around it, so I'll get into that right now. So in previous videos, you guys have seen what I've said specifically about Jalen Green and his uh, need to be able to take better, more efficient shots and drive to the basket. Right. This is what I've said about Jalen. You got to get to the basket because not only does that get you to the free throw line we can get easy buckets, um, get into the rhythm of the game. It also helps you generate a lot of open shots, especially catch and shoot three-pointers for your teammates. With the rim pressure that he adds, that should be his bread and butter. Um, but, you know, with the change in offensive philosophy from Steven Silas to Ime Udoka, um, I think just by schematics alone, the Rockets are going to generate more catch and shoot threes. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be great at shooting. Uh, but there's a there's a happy medium. So to look at the impact of driving Kicking and shooting in NBA, um, I kind of dug into the stats and I, I looked. I made a little scatter plot, looking at what teams pass on drives and what their shooting percentage was. So we're looking at on the bottom, uh, the axis there is looking at the pass percentage on drives. So this is how often a team passes the ball once once they attack the paint, and then on the uh, on the vertical axis, which is the three point percentage for the teams. So the higher the team is uh, on this chart the better shooting they are. The further right this team is on the chart, uh, um, the more they pass when they drive the ball. And you can see that the Rockets fall in the quadrant that is for bad shooting, bad driving. So um, even though that we weren't the worst driving team like the Memphis Grizzlies were, uh, we were the worst shooting team in the NBA when it came to three point uh, percentage. So this is where we are right now. And this is, and you can see um, the impact of this. You know, there's no coincidence. The teams that are in that good shooting, good driving uh, uh, quadrant, and good by good driving, I mean teams actually pass the ball once they get into the paint. Uh, they're all playoff teams. They are all playoff teams in all, you know, in all facets, you know, different styles different offenses, different coaching philosophies. But one thing that good teams do is generate pain touches and they generate open threes, especially in today's NBA. Obviously, you can see the Memphis Grizzlies outlier team there all the way to the left. Um, Not a great uh, driving team, especially with John Morant there uh, gone uh, from their team. But, um, you know, there's always going to be outliers. And the way they are on this chart is truly the definition of an outlier. But um, even teams that don't shoot very well, like the Miami Heat, Um, that made the play-in you can see that they lead the NBA in driving and passing right drive and kick drive and kick and you will notice that the teams that run a lot of motion are the teams that are going to be the ones that drive a lot and what does that say to me uh, what does that say to me? says that email Udoka is going to get the Rockets past that medium line. That line there in the middle that's going up to down is the NBA average uh, for driving and passing the ball, which is roughly about 37.2%. Uh, For the NBA, the Rockets are at 35 percent below NBA average. And you can see the teams, like I said, that fall below average driving. Um, Most of them aren't playoff teams. And the ones that fall below average shooting, most of them are not playoff teams. The upper echelon of teams are in that top right hand corner. And we want to inch towards that top right hand corner. So how can we do this um and get like the teams like Philadelphia 76ers who even though they don't drive um as much as most teams do, uh their shooting percentage is really high. And you think about the players they have. You know, obviously James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid. Um these are guys that are just drawing double teams, right? Maxi with his speed, James Harden with his pick-and-roll, savantry, and Embiid with just his his prowess as a post player, a guy that you're going to have to double team, uh, especially when he attacks closeout. And Joel does attack closeouts, and he's not like a lob threat. So that really generates a lot of great shots for a team that doesn't have a lot of just great shooters. I mean, who's a great shooter on the Philadelphia 76ers? You just think about it. Their team's not made of great shooters, but the quality of the shots really does impact. And obviously, uh, you know, the, the team that's at the top of the, the charts and all this is Golden State. They have great shooters. Um, they Their offense is motion-based, so they get a lot of um, natural pain touches in the flow of the offense. With Emo Doka arriving to the Houston Rockets, this is what kind of what you expect that you want to see um, from our team um, as they improve on this, despite what we're going to review is that our team really sucks at shooting. OK, so when you're when you're getting a, a paint touch from a drive and you're kicking it out, what the, the top shot you're going to be generating are catch and shoot threes. So I wanted to compare um, our team from last year to this current roster that we're going to have. And, you know, just to just to say. I don't know what our guys that are returning as starters, and this is just going to be for the starters. I don't know what their shooting percentage is going to be this year. So for the comparison, I kept it the same. So assuming no growth, these are what, you know, we're going to look at. So from last year, the Rockets uh, starting five, um, you know, they were averaging thirty five point five percent on and catch- Uh, shoot threes as a unit as a unit this is below the nba average um, which is roughly about 36 37 percent and the highest team in catch and shoot threes in nba was philly at 40.1 percent for last season you can see that kevin porter and uh, weirdly enough, Alperen Sengun, even on low volume are the best catch and shoot three point shooters. Now, catch and shoot shots are supposed to be the easier types of threes um, for teams to shoot. And the fact that you can see what we got there in the, that middle three, Jalen at thirty five point seven percent has to improve. Jab- uh, Jabari at 30 percent is really, really going to need to improve. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. And Kenya Martin Jr. at thirty two point five percent was not very. That wasn't great. Not great for the team. Uh, Kevin Porter was doing a lot of heavy lifting there with the shooting and uh, he's no longer on the team and as we transition into this new uh, coming season that we have with the team now we're replacing uh, Kevin Porter with Fred Van Vliet in that starting five and then Dylan Brooks um, comes in uh, for Kenyon Martin Jr. Now, looking at Fred, he is not a great catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He'll hit his open shots. He's pretty decent in open shots, him and Dylan, um, but um, not not great. So we do take a dip in our overall percentage where the Rockets go from a a starting five, 35.5 on catch-and-shoot threes down to 34.7%. This is concerning. Right. So when there's criticism of the roster construction, when people say that we need more shooting, when you think about the impact of losing a Kevin Porter Jr., um, not being able to sign some of the guys that you wanted, um, this is really where you start to see it. Um, But, you know, not all is lost. Not all is lost in this because if you really look at that Miami team, um, even though this is not the ideal way you want to try to make it um, as a team to claw into the playoffs or the play in, um, Miami shot 34% on, on, on threes as a team. But they're, they led the NBA in drives and, and pe- kicking out on drives. And I think that's really the formula that we're going to have to see uh, from, from the Rockets this season uh, for them to be able to try to make the play-in. Because like I said, if you can't cross either of those lines, you're not going to make the play-in or the playoffs. That's literally what it is, unless you have just you know some one of the best defenses in the NBA or there's some other anomaly on your team that allows you to, to, to be able to cross over. But the, the Rockets really, I mean, this is crucial crucial. crucial this is crucial so you know how are they going to try to fix this let's talk about that so one of the ways that the Rockets can emulate teams like the Heat um, you know some of the other teams like the Lakers uh, some of the teams like like OKC that aren't the best three-point shooting teams but are able to generate enough threes to to be able to compete with the other teams that are more efficient in the NBA is by the frequency of kickouts, right? Drive and kick game, passing on drive. So looking at the pass on drives percentage. Now, this is from uh, the last season. You see Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, led the team at 47 percent. And uh, Kenyon Martin was at 34.5 percent. Uh, KJ was very important on our drive and kick offense. He was a great at attacking closeouts. Getting into the air, if you guys remember a lot of times, then he would just flip it out to somebody for a pass. Uh, Shangoon is third. Once again, another a great drive and kick uh, a player that's not in the backcourt. But I, you know, let's look at J- Jalen Green as a guard. 26.9% is not acceptable, right? He really, and this is just assuming um, just baseline improvement. He really needs to up, up that a lot. He needs to up that a lot to get closer to where Kevin Porter is, closer to that high 40s, Uh, uh, Mid to high 40s for him, because once again, generating those paint touches and kicking out to teammates and generating quality shots is going to be important for the Rockets to mitigate um, what they're what they're going to be up against this coming season. Now, you look at the highest teams on drives is the Heat at 42.4 percent, almost 10 percent more than the Houston Rockets. That's not only a, 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 a system issue and dealing with uh, offensive philosophy, high pick and roll versus motion. Then you also have to think about the personnel, right? Uh, who are your guards? Who are the players? What's the IQ level on the team? But everybody across the board has to improve on that. Now, coming into this year, here's another kind of red flag for me um, uh, for this team. Now, this is just stats from last year. Um, you see. Dylan Brooks at 21.3% on pass on drives, that tells me tunnel vision, that needs to improve, right? That needs to improve or, you know, then to me, I really don't see the difference between him and Tari Eason being at that that forward spot. If Dylan's role on the team for him to really make a huge impact, obviously defensively, he's going to do what he has to do. But on the offensive side of the ball, because we don't have a lot of shot creators um, on the team at this moment, Um, Aside from a couple of guys, um, he needs to become that third guard where he gets a paint touch and pass out similar to what he was doing in the uh, in the tournament um, this past summer. He needs to increase that number in the 30s. Uh, I don't think 40s maybe might maybe asking too much from him. But twenty one point three percent is unacceptable. Um, our our rank, uh, our percentage on pass on drives. If if nothing improved from the team from last year, as far as the percentage of this year would actually go down, uh, uh, to to uh, from from thirty two point eight to thirty two point one. Now look at Fred Van Fleet. Fred VanVleet is at fifty seven point seven percent. That is the impact of a point guard, right? Fred is one of the highest uh, pass on on drives percentage uh, players in the NBA that is going to do wonders uh, for our offense. That is going to do wonders for our offense. So for me, for the Rockets to really mitigate a lot of the issues they're going to have with this driving kick game, it has to come from one, you've already addressed it by adding Fred Van Vliet. Number two, everybody got to step up. And I'm looking at Dylan Brooks I'm looking at Jalen Green I'm looking at Jabari Smith Jr. I love what I saw from Jabari um, in Summer League his ball handling his ability uh, to be able to uh, run a little bit of uh, a dribble handoff action a little bit of pick and roll Um, obviously that's not going to be his bread and butter against real NBA level defenders but You do want to see him be able to attack closeouts like he did and finish so that when he drives, teams have to commit to stopping him. Then he has to have the vision to be able to kick it out to an open shooter. Additionally, for a lot of these guys, it's going to come down to just shooting as well. Right. We saw some of the percentages from the shooting uh, um, from last year, um, you know, on on the team. Right. The three point percentage, uh, you know, for guys, you know, Fred at 34, Dylan at 35, Jabari at 30 you know, Jalen at 35, Alp at 37. Having Alprin Shangun as your top three-point shooter, even though it's on low volume, is not ideal, right? We don't want to see that, especially on catch-and-shoot threes. So for this coming season, incremental growth will take them a long way. You're assuming growth with, um, with the defense. You're assuming growth with the point guard play and the backcourt play. You're assuming growth for Jalen Green. You're assuming growth and Dylan Brooks is a player and Jabari and Shangun is a shooter. So I think all of that together, um, they really have to work as a unit to mitigate some of that shooting because we don't know what the outcome of this Kevin Porter uh, Jr. situation is going to be re- regarding his salary spot. You know, is a team going to trade the Rockets uh, given all the, the the you know, all the baggage that's going to come with Kevin Porter Jr.? Even being momentarily as, uh, associated with an NBA team, teams look at stuff about PR. You know, you can't just make deals anymore like, you know, this is 1996, um, especially given that, you know, a lot of the stuff hasn't come out yet. So that's going to linger over because the reason I bring that up is if they're not able to trade his contract and let's say it's something they have to like have that that's just dead salary on their on their on their cap sheet that really does limit the ability to add shooting um, to the team right so it it ultimately they have to attack this in two ways they have to attack the paint and then they have to take high quality three-point shooters and I think for me if they can get more paint touches and you were already seen with Fred van Vliet that he's a guy that once he gets it in pain he's looking to pass it out Jalen has to really step up on that on that uh, Dylan Brooks has to do a lot of heavy lifting then obviously you start factoring some of the bench players with amen Thompson which I think he's going to be um, a guy that's going to be in the in the 50s as a rookie on, on, on pass on drives. Um, you hope Tari Eason improves with uh, with the tunnel vision. I love what I saw from him in summer league and how he was kind of facilitating a lot uh, during you know during some of those games, the two games that they played. Um, you think about some of the other players that we have coming off the bench um, that are able to stretch the floor a little bit. Jeff Green is a small ball five. You hope Jayshon Tate is able to kick it out, drive and kick and play more of that point forward role I um, mean, you start. You know, if you look look far out enough, and you you wrap all that in Coach Adoka's system, then you can see a path for them to get across those lines that I've I have laid out earlier in the in, in the video. So the thing is that it's all going to come from internal growth, not only for the for the uh, for the young players, but for some of these vets, they have to adjust their games. A uh, Dylan Brooks is a guy that's used to playing next to a paint touch guy in in John ja Morant. Right. So so he's he's next to uh, he's used to playing next to a, a, a pure point guard like like Tyus Jones. He's used to playing next to shooters like Desmond Bain now that he's on a team that is lacking in, in in you know, in elite point guard play in the backcourt at all times. You know, Fred is going to be there. Um, he's going to be elite as a point guard, but that's pretty much it. Um He has to really take on a new burden. And I want to see that. For Fred, he has to get off ball and be able to make his open shots uh, when he is getting kickouts from guys that are able to get into the paint, like Thompson and Green. Um, You know, Jabari, can he improve his shooting just marginally? Can you not be one of the worst shooters in the NBA? I think that's going to be huge for the team. To me, Jabari is the guy that's really going to dictate how the Rockets are going to look this year. Shangoon, can you take more than just, you know, .8 of a three a game, whatever it is that he's taking? shang is shooting 37% on, on catch-and-shoot threes. I need to see him take at least two a game. That's, that's going to be the goal for him, two catch-and-shoot threes a game. Let's see if that percentage can hold up, right? If you have a center that's shooting 37, even 35% on catch-and-shoot threes with his overall skill set, I mean, that's, that's a game-changer for him. So... Can we see that come? And I think with with uh, Coach Adoka's offense, that's exactly uh, what you're going to see. That is what you're going to see um, from the Rockets. That's the only way. They're going to have to get into that paint, drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick, and keep generating, keep driving and kicking until they get the best possible shot they can. Can they do it? If I'm going to trust anybody to do it, it's going to be email Adoka because as I've you know illustrated in one of my previous videos detailing what he did in Boston, he took them from a the middle-of-the-pack uh, three point uh, uh, shooting team to one of the best uh, three point shooting teams on catch and shoots, one of the best volume three point shooting teams in the NBA, and one of the best uh, passes on drives teams in the NBA. He turned Marcus Smart into a point guard for a season, a really pure point guard for a season. So that should tell you that it's going to be something that he's going to really, really focus on. Now, when the season starts, I don't want you guys to be surprised that there's going to be some growing pains as all these guys adjust to the culture change that he's going to bring, not only with the uh, temperament of the team, but also the play style. It's going to take a while for these young guys to adjust to this unselfish motion style where they're going to be, even though they get to isolate, it's still going to be a lot of getting feet in the paint in with the thought in mind of generating open shots for your teammates. There's going to be some a little bumpy start. Um, I'm not sure what their record is going to be. I'm hoping that, you know, defensively, they can pick that up a little bit quicker as the offense catches up. But I think by probably January, you will really see the Rockets kind of move into that middle of the pack as a three-point shooting team. Um, They don't have to be the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, uh, but they just have to be middle of the pack. And I want them to be top three in passes on drives. So look out for that this coming season. Look out for that as a marker of their success, because like I said, 88 percent on teams that are above average on either of those of those uh, statistics, whether it's passing on drives or three point percentage, 88 percent, 88 percent are in the are either playing or playoffs. So to me, that's those are that is a defining mark of a good team. What, are you passing when you get in the paint? And are you hitting your shots at an average clip? Not even a, a above average. If you're above average, you're going to be a top seed. You're going to be uh, one of the you know elite teams. I don't think we're there yet. So y'all let me know what y'all think. Can the Rockets do it? I know some fans are worried about the shooting. I am a bit too. But I think schematically and just by changing their play styles and focusing more on generating paint touches and kickouts, they're going to be just fine. I would love us for us to add a, uh, uh, a shooter even if it's somebody that's marginal, uh, it doesn't have to be a name, you know, that's, that's known. Just add some shooting um, off the bench for the team. I think that'll go wonders for us. But y'all let me know what y'all think about um, the Rockets' outlook this season. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. Y'all keep supporting the channel. If you stay to hear this, click the subscribe button. Hit the like button on the video. Keep rocking with us. and we're going to keep dropping that fire.